Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. I want, I want to make some comments this morning um, from the pastoral perspective. Um, I desire spiritual awakening further in my own life, in, in the lives of others. Um, I desire what we may call revival, though that might be different to different people, um, depending upon how they define revival or their life history of whether they've ever been in a revival or a part of a revival or if it's just something you read about, heard about, don't even know what really revival is in the church. Um, and so I, I appreciate very much, and I believe it was by the Spirit of the Lord, um, of what our associate pastor brought to us this morning, and he, he asked, you know, he talked to me first. I said, please go and share. Um, and I, so I want to I wanna maybe pour a few things out from the storeroom of my life, and we'll see if I get to the sermon or not. So we'll just... <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I don't want to... Co- I believe that God directs and gives us direction and can do it in advance and has an agenda and a purpose and a plan. I believe that. And he can reveal those things to you and I. I also know that I can show up in a meeting in my office. I can look at the schedule of my day. I can come to a Sunday morning service. And I can see him work outside the bounds of my schedule and agenda or things that I felt good about in planning. And it changes. And so we are, we are all left with those things in our life, and it, uh, we are left with a decision to make. Do we stick with the original? Do we change? Now, that varies from person to person based on your temperament and some of the things, your experiences of life and your personality. Um, all of us have some giftings and we have some weaknesses in our life and who we are. And some of us deal with change differently, even change that is forecasted, and some that there's not time to think a lot about it. It's you decide now, and you move one direction or the other. As I look at things in the Scripture, um, there's people who sought God, called upon God, some God answered, it seemed that God answered quickly. There's other times that they prayed for years, centuries. I, I look at God's people in Egypt. They sought for his deliverance for, you know, to not be slaves anymore for 400 years. And then Moses. Then a day came. 
I don't know that they knew the day. You can go throughout the Scripture and you can see where God answered quickly and God took time and God revealed things to people and then there were surprises like the book of Acts. They were just getting together and praying continually and then the day of Pentecost came. Suddenly, a rushing wind, right? If you're not familiar with these Scriptures, you can just kind of jot maybe references I make, or you, when this is up on the website, uh, you can pause and play later this week if you want to. I, I can't go back and explain every reference I'm making. Some of it, many, many of you would know, and some would not, and so you just, you look it up, or you catch up with me or someone and ask, but so I don't always understand the time frames of God. Um, there are things that I've prayed about very quickly and they happen and there's other things I've prayed about for years and years and in fact in some ways it, I don't want to say that I gave up on those things but they're no longer a part of my daily prayers. They're just every so often I'm reminded. There's prayers that uh, I've been very tenacious about. There's prayers that maybe weren't, weren't as urgent in my spirit or mine, different things over my life. You, not that a young man can't share wisdom because all wisdom comes from God, but I'm, I'm not an old man, but boy, I'm closer. I'm a lot closer. And over time and experience and the good and grace mercy of God, he's poured a lot of things into my life as he's done for you as you've walked with him. And he can even do things in our life that we didn't know at the time, even before our conversion or professed faith in him, that has somehow he has used and redeemed and brought something good out of it and has put it into the storeroom of our life. I want you to know that I haven't, I haven't been to Asbury. I have no real judgment on Asbury. And I'm saying this for a purpose. Um, they're worshiping, they're praying. As far as I know, they're seeking the Lord. And I don't know that anybody who hasn't been there should really have an opinion about it. I say, you want to go visit? Go seek the Lord. I say, if they're worshiping the Lord Jesus, that's a beautiful thing and he should be worshiped. And let it be an inspiration to us. And maybe it speaks a message to us, and I believe that by the Spirit of the Lord some of those things were brought out, but they were about principle. It doesn't necessarily mean that now we're going to stay all day. We want to emulate the principle of seeking God in thirst and hunger. And there must be expression to it. And I will tell you, it involves time. I'll tell, you one, I'll tell you one thing I'm sure about with revival. 
the services are long. They're long. It's not a little dabble, do you? They take time. And so I think there's principles to emulate. And God might be doing what he's doing in Asbury, and he may do it similar around the world, around the globe. But we're not here to copy any revival. I want you to hear that. We're not here to copy and then say, well, God's moving here too. The, the principles that we copy and emulate are to praise Him and to seek Him and to give up time and to give up other things and let some meals burn or whatever it is. Those expressions of pursuit and hunger and faith. But we're not here to manufacture and make something look like it's the same. I've watched that. I've seen that in my life. I think it's time for us to be awakened more. I think it's a time for us to dig deeper with our sincerity and how we offer ourselves to God. Always feel that. That's not out of a guilt thing. It's not of a condemnation thing. I believe that there are times and seasons in God's plan and purpose and working in and through people. I was born again, came to faith in Christ, in a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit in what you could call a revival. Now, you know this in your life, that when you experience something somewhere in your life, it could, it could be anything that is marvelous, fun, uh, impactful, uh, enlightening, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You don't forget it, and you always look for it again. It's what we do. So I was born again in the fire of revival. Many of you have heard me reference it over the years, and I'm not going to tell it now. I... So I've always had a thirst, a hunger, an interest, and believed by faith that that is the will of God in the life of the church, in the life of God's people. I've also seen God's nearness, God speak. I've seen God quiet. I've seen the growing of faith. I've seen the purging of people's lives. I've seen those who tarry and those who give up. I've seen those who sprout up quickly and burn and wither. And I've seen those who keep plowing. You've seen the same. I 
have experienced revivals in churches where I've been on staff or was the senior pastor. I have visited revivals and outpourings, both in this nation and in other places in the world. Traveled, went there. There's some things that I've learned. I don't have it all figured out. But there is a thirst and there is a hunger. I know that I cannot manipulate God to do it. But we can seek Him. Maybe it's a 400-year wait. Maybe it's only four minutes. I don't have all that figured out. I do believe that there are things in the Scripture and some apostolic precedents, things that they did, that produce fruit. And I know that if I do what the apostles did and the early church did, it will bring fruit and we see their outcomes of, because of what they did and how they prayed and how they cared for one another and how they conducted the church and governed the church and took correction and took instruction and did all of these things. That all of this together, you know, created a healthy church that has gone around the world and we're impacted by it today. But... Just because I do some of these right things that they did, it doesn't manipulate God that he has to have the same outcome in, inside my expectations and inside my format and inside my timetable. So the times and seasons I leave with God but I just know I'm supposed to do my part. There are times in my life that I need more reviving than other times. Sometimes I'm very much alive. And it's not like I, it's perfect. And then there's other times that I need spiritual awakening, which is a little different than just revival. I believe that there is a measure of health in this body at new life. Has every uh, wrinkle been ironed out? No. Because I know the pastor. I still got to undergo some change and growth in my life. But I want to move with God. I want to see people revived. I want to see us awakened. I want to see us be faithful. I don't want us to seek Him for signs. I want us to seek Him and see the fruit show up. And when the fruit shows up, Signs just seem to come along with it. It's what he does, right? It, it involves us having faith and being faithful. 
I have pastored. I have been a staff pastor. I have been an evangelist. I say those things just to communicate that those are responsibilities and times and seasons in my life that God has called me to and anointed me for, to whatever degree he determines. I have much to do with it because I can say yes or no because you know as well as I do we are not supposed to grieve the Holy Spirit or quench or stop the Holy Spirit. Right? Wherever we make him Lord, the Spirit is free to do what God intends. And it does have to do with our responsibility of faith. It also has to do with God showing up to honor that faith, but also God showing up and doing something whether you have faith or not. Because he can do anything, anywhere, at any time with anybody. And it's not brushing off our responsibility. Well, we're here. God, if you want to show up and do demonstrative things, we'll just go ahead. We're going to go on with our program. He knows how to interrupt programs. But I'm not here to tempt him either by disobeying him and going on with a program when I feel or sense or direct he's calling us to do or be something else. And that's a lesson for all of us because you have the ability to choose. He gave it to you. It's a beautiful gift. We wrestle with it from time to time, but it's a beautiful gift because we can express faith. We can express choice. We can decide to be submitted or to be obedient. Or it's going to look, I'm going to give an appearance like I'm obedient, but in reality I'm cutting it short and doing something I want to do. All I know is that the revival and moves of God, they will cost you. I will tell you that it's worth it. But it'll cost you. There's a moment where you will bump into a boundary and the move of God will bump into your will. It'll, it'll collide with your choice. And you will be left to choose. Am I going to pray more? Am I going to give more? Am I uh, going to say, well, I'll praise you more and I'll choose to do that rather than obey you over here so I'm offering this rather than what you require of me? And so we justify our spiritual walk and say, but look how much I praise you or how much I give. And we try to emphasize that to him when he's calling us to something in addition to what we're doing already and offering him something specific. And will you and I obey? I've been... uh, Blown out of my sport jacket in a revival service. Uh, It happened in Argentina. At the Argentine revival. Went up in line, waited, crowds everywhere, got to the platform. They prayed for a few of us. And he prayed for me. Blew me right through the catchers behind me. My sport cough was off and it was hanging on one arm. 
After that happens, they drag you and move you off, and they left me lay back there. It's on video somewhere, and I paid for the video, but you're in Argentina. You don't know whether you're going to get stuff or not. It's just a different culture. I was saved in the fire of revival and fell under the presence of God and nobody touched me. I started to speak another language and spoke in tongues like it talks about in the book of Acts. And if you have a problem with that, wrestle with his word first and then you can come and argue with me if you want. I've preached in many, many services in many different places to all sizes of groups. And I've watched God come into a service and lay people slain. I know what it is to stand at the front and step over slain bodies to make it to the back. People just laying all over. It drives the organized people nuts. And when it happened at youth services or youth retreats or youth camps, it's, it's always interesting to watch because, you know, we're so guarded about he should not touch her. They should be sitting so far apart. We don't want them seeing it. We don't want them dating. We don't want them all carnal. And, and I get it. I was in youth ministry a lot of years. But I've watched them where he falls down, she falls down, his head's laying on the floor and it's touching her calf. And and I've watched pastors come up and panic and try to move them. And I just, ah, I'm not suggesting inappropriate things are okay, but I've watched people just panic and do all kinds of things when God shows up in the room. Revival's a mess. It's not going to work within your organized parameters. It's a mess. Things happen outside of what makes sense to our human minds sometimes. I've watched people get critical over what God does and how He does it, and they get panicky about someone getting prayed for, and one or two people fall to the floor. Is it fake? Is it real? They don't need to do that here. That's such a spectacle. I brought a friend. Now, this is what happens, and I don't even know how to explain it to my friend. It looks like wild and crazy and undisciplined and all kinds of havoc is happening. I don't know. Have you read the Gospels? Have you read when Jesus showed up? Uh, you know, he, I believe in order. I believe in structure. But I also know that when the kingdom of God gets near to the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of the earth has trouble with it. I've, I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I've stood on a platform and I couldn't get through because the people were standing, people were laying down. It was all through the altar area and there was a This is just one example of, I don't know how many over the years, I can't remember everything that God has done, I'm sorry. But there was a kid at a camp standing halfway, but just, Felicia, raise your hand. 
Yeah, would be behind her against the wall, under the light, but before the door. How's that? Couldn't get to this teenager. Was on the platform and just spoke and pointed, prayed, and she fell to the floor. I don't know. We struggle with things like this. If God does some hunger and thirst, and then when it shows up, it's just different. It's outside our parameter, outside our box. And yet we read the book of Acts and have no problem with Philip being transported about 12 to 14 miles. Read it. He's in one place and shows up in another. And we got a problem with somebody falling down two, two feet back. You know, we, we just, we trip over these things. You're, most of your Pentecostal people are that you've come into this church and you've embraced what God has done and you don't even know that you're a Pentecostal person or full gospel person. You just, I'm just looking at the scripture and seeing what God does and he does some things among us. I mean, <clears throat> you know, a few weeks ago, I just felt led to bring people up who were having uh, asthma, lung problems, breathing problems, allergies, that kind of thing. I get messages throughout the week. I get a message later that day, a couple of them. I had a, I had a picture from a guy in our church who was out brushing his horses. He says, I... I I suffer with these allergies and all the dust and everything else, and he sends me a video of him brushing his horse. He said, I can't get through one horse without having reaction. He's finished grooming one. He's starting on the second and says, I got no issue. Right? I get other messages from some others of you, and hopefully if God did something, that's great, but share it with people. I, you know, these miraculous things that he does. I mean, we're all here and we want miracles, but then when they show up, we've got a problem with how God does it. Or we question the authenticity of it. Now, I believe that if he does a miracle, it should be tested or it can be tested. You can't come up with a limp and God healed you, and you're walking away with a limp and the same problem. And that doesn't bring him any glory. If it was partial healing, yeah, great. Hallelujah. He healed me of this, but I still struggle with this. I get it. And maybe our body has to adjust, and we still have a limp until we get used to what God has done. I mean, right? He changes things in our life, and we got to get used to what He's changing us as a character and person and learn how to live that out. I get it. It's not a criticism. I'm just saying, you know, you can do it however you want, you know. Uh, my arms broke, but I took the sling off. And look, He healed me. I appreciate he's touching you. Maybe the healing is going to happen as you go on. We've seen Jesus do that. They were healed as they went. Don't try to bring him glory over something that didn't happen. I've, in my short life, although I'm getting older, I'm grateful for what I've experienced and what I've seen. 
and how God, I've seen God use people and how I have been used by the Lord in ways that uh, you here have not seen. It's His goodness. It's not from me. It's not from the vessel. He fills the vessel, pours out of the vessel, touches you, fills you, pours out of you, hopefully, to somebody else. I've seen some wild and strange things. I've, I've watched people who have spiritual, obvious spiritual problems. I've seen those who were oppressed of the devil. I've seen them thrown to the ground. I've seen them thrive and wiggle and scream on the floor. I've watched them charge a platform to challenge me. And we faced off. And I've watched Jesus win every time. There's things that he's done or people struggle with that I cannot even begin to explain to you. If you think that revival is nice and neat and orderly, then you have never, one, you've never experienced a revival. (laughs) Two, that's not how it happens. And I'm not saying that it should be mayhem and anything goes. Uh Uh-uh, I've also watched God bring discipline and instruction. I've watched uh, in pastor's meetings where we make decisions about how open we're going to be to the Spirit of God or are we going to stick to our program. And I've watched the presence of God come intently and I've also watched Him leave. Not entirely, but He withdrew to the distance that we put Him. We have a meeting in eight minutes. I told you I wasn't worried about it. And I will tell you that I'm not. I'm not trying to take more time than what we have together for the sake of just doing it. It's got to have a purpose. We believe God who is supernatural. (laughs) He has set up the natural principles, but he has the prerogative and power to work outside those natural things. I've got a gravitational problem. (laughs) I can only jump so high. And I can't hover. But he can. He can work outside natural parameters and do what we would call unnatural things like heal a physical problem that you cannot do on your own. Or that it would take a team of doctors and 
time and money and just, he can do in an instant. He can do in a moment. He can do as you leave and make your way. I guess what I'm saying is the only box that we should place God in is the box that he created for himself by his word. He spoke to reveal himself and to give instruction to us. And this is his parameter. He will do nothing outside of his word. Now, he may do things that aren't recorded in his word, but as far as principle and what he does, these are his limitations. He will not lie. Got it? Now, just because Jesus spit in the mud and mixed it and put it on a blind man's eyes, and he went and washed and he could see doesn't mean, oh, there's the method. So every blind person, come on up. We always have a couple buckets of mud up here. And (laughs) the pastor spits in it. You see, we get stuck on a method. God can heal eyes without mud and without spit, but not without your spit if he asks you to spit. It's about obedience. It's about a faith that leads us to obedience. You serve a God who is almighty and eternal and has all power and all knowledge and he is fully present. There are principles that are sacred, cannot be changed. But methods vary. Methods are not all sacred. We don't put mud on every blind person's eyes. Some people I've spoken to, some people I've laid hands on. Some I have breathed on. Not just because I was talking to them. I breathed on them. Sorry, the whistle came out. That wasn't intended. I've never whistled on anybody yet. He does the healing. We do the obeying. And it's not presumption. It doesn't mean if you do something crazy, therefore that's a step of faith and God has to do it. No, I've watched that. Sometimes that's just simply crazy. 
and you think the wilder you get, then it's more faith or more, it's sometimes it's just simply more misled. But sometimes it's obedience. It takes a lot of humility to do some of these things. It's not pride and arrogance like some might presume. I've not waved my jacket over a lot of people where I take it off and you do that. Maybe you've seen people do that. I don't know. I don't know your history. It's not the method. But there are moments where the man has been tested for obedience. There's been occasions where I've done that. Oh, the battle within me. See, God was still working on the, on the vessel. Still working on the preacher. Still working on the man. <clears throat> I believe that God has extraordinary days for his people. And I don't want to be misled by seeking a sign. At the same token, when he shows up, <laughs> it, it, there's usually some signs. <laughs> and not all of them are just similar signs from the past, from Bible or history or what you've experienced or not. He's not exhausted of signs like, oh, what's my new trick? <sighs> Seek him first above everything else in your life. Seek him more than money. Seek him more than approval from people. Seek him more than any of your ambitions. Now, some of your ambitions may not be all wrong. And God may have gifted you to make money and have great wealth. And that's a beautiful thing, just like any gift is a beautiful thing. But just make sure you seek him first. Seek the giver of the gift, the giver of the anointing, the giver of the gospel message, the giver of grace. The gifts will show up. If you're here and you haven't been to church in a long time or this is your first time here, I want you to know that um, this format this morning and what I'm doing right now is, isn't the norm. I would normally preach a message and share some things, but this morning, I'm just kind of spilling some things out of the storeroom of my life of principles I've seen and watched how God moves in a miraculous way. And if you come from more of a church that might seem a little more structured and mainline, I want you to know that's where I was from. And it's not that it was bad, it's just that was where I was from and where God began to do a work. And it's not like a church like this has it all figured out. Oh my goodness, no they don't. 
I know the pastor. He doesn't have it all figured out. But there are some things that he has shown me. And there's some things I've figured out. But I also reserve the prerogative to even modify that because he might show me more and yet I do not fully understand everything. But I know him. You're looking for a miracle in your life? He has it. You're looking to be forgiven over a terrible past? I can guarantee you no problem. He went to the cross for that and shed his blood because he loves you. He loves you. I don't care how dark your past is. I will tell you that he loves you. And if you're here and you say, some of my darkness came after, it was before I knew Christ, but since I knew Christ, I've still had some dark moments in my life of sin, selfishness, whatever it is. I want to tell you this. He still has grace and mercy for you. You just be honest with him. Don't be pretentious. Don't be arrogant. (laughs) Don't be arrogant. He gives grace to the humble. To the arrogant, he opposes them. Is there anybody here that has a question for me? You want to ask me something? It might have to do with what we're talking about this morning. It may not. Anybody, you just want to ask me something? Don't worry about it. Well, it might be disrespectful or it might be I don't know how to word it. Don't be nervous. Just if you have a question, I want to give you an opportunity right now that you can say, hey, I got a question about this. Or I got a question about revival. Or I've got a question about... And I may not have the answer, but... I want to hear your question. I don't want to just zoom along as this is some lecture and, man, could he just wrap it up? I'm bored of this. But you, or maybe somebody here, you just say, you know, I got a question about this. I want to know about this. Daniel? Pardon me? Can I open the altar and let you come pray? Honey, I'm not stopping you now. You can come up here right now. You don't need music to do that. The altar's open. You want to come? Go. I'm not trying to pull you out of your seat now, but you asked. (laughs) Maybe that was her polite way of saying, Pastor, could you just shut up? I want to go worship the Lord. (laughs) I just want you to gain this morning some perspective from your pastor and friend. Okay? I want you to have liberty. I want you to have a lot of latitude. We don't want to do things that are out of order for the sake of being out of order. Okay? I want you to pursue the Lord. And if he's going to pour out new wine, you better change your wineskin. Don't get stuck. The principles won't change, but don't get stuck and get hard against his new wine. There's a hand here. Patty. I have a question. Yes. When we're praying, how do we know it's if God is talking or if our imagination? 
You hear her question? How do we, when we're praying, how do we know whether it's God speaking to us or it's our imagination? I'll share a couple things with you. Basic principles. One is, he will never tell us to do anything against his word. Okay, that's foundational. He's not going to tell you something in the scripture and tell you to do something different. That, that, that's not him. Okay? Um, the other is, by spending time with him, like anyone, you begin to know his voice. That takes time. And it takes experience with him. And it takes some faith, and it takes some discovery. Right? You ever been in a room? I can be in a room, and there's background noise. And then there's that voice that says, Randy. And I go, oh, yeah, Sue. (laughs) Right? We learn his voice. The sheep know my voice. And that's discovery, right? We discover that through experience, through obeying, following him. If I will tell you one of the keys of learning his voice is obeying the written word that you already know. Yeah, when we start to what he's already given us in the written word, um, it is like this foundation to his voice. Because when we read his word and understand it, the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation, and that is who speaks to us and reveals things to us. So we become acquainted. Now, we're engaged in our brain because he's walking us through a process, and so sometimes we confuse it like, oh, that's just me, right? But we've also been redeemed to the point where we, now listen to this, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we think different. So now we start to think like God, but it's in our voice. Ah, see, right? I'm changing my thinking, right? You know how to, you, you know how you think, right? When we're redeemed and we know His Word, and we see Him active, our thinking changes. There's times that the Holy Spirit will say, "Randy, do this," or "Randy, no," like that. But there's also times where I remember his word and I tell myself, Randy, no. Or Randy, do this. Right? He who knows to do good, where'd that come from? Came from him, came from his word. So learning his voice is a, has a, a great foundation, is about obeying his word and talking with him. And your prayer time should not be just you talking. It should also be us listening, Right? There's also this sense of knowing indication. Now, you can tell when your husband is happy to be somewhere, and you can tell when he's ready to go. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Didn't have to do with any words he said, right? That's right? You know him. You can read him, right? Some things are communicated without words. Same thing with the Lord. I can be doing something or doing something, and he will not say anything to me, but it's like inside, I go, whoa, I'm bumping a boundary. Right? 
It's not like quite like putting a shock collar on a dog on the body. I mean, you know. But there's things that, oh, because he lives in here. There's certain things that he will not involve himself in. And if he is in here, I get the, I get the body language, right? The spirit language, the, the nudge, the conviction, the it's not always in words, right? Well, the more we spend time with him, the more we are with him, the relationship. You know, I can, I can read my wife's body language. I know when she's smiling at me and it's fake. There's something else behind it. We learn the communication of the Spirit by learning His Word, knowing His Word, listening to His Word, obeying His Word. Don't kid yourself. He will talk to you. But there's also some things through time that He expects us, that He already taught us, that He expects us to know. And sometimes it's Randy telling Randy because he already showed me something. We get, oh, please let him give us correction. <laughs> don't leave me. Don't leave us to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's a partial answer. <laughs> I could talk more about it, but is there any other question? Is the worship team here? <laughs> Come on up here for a moment. I want to give you an opportunity to just open your heart to the Lord. Gauge your surrender to Him. Personalities vary. Some of you are a little more relational. Some of you are doers. That's how you express your love. All those things. Well, He wants to make our weaknesses better, and He wants us to continue to use our strengths. So we're going to spend a moment in worship, and as we do, I don't want you to just stare at the screen and sing. I want you to do a little search while this chorus, this worship song is playing. A little search. Do I know your voice? Am I faithful to your word? I want you to take a little inventory. Where maybe do I need to grow? Change some things in my life. Where do I feel that conviction or him kind of going, hey, I love you, but I, I, want, I want you to maybe obey me here a little more closely because I want to take you somewhere in my relationship and in ministry and understanding and where I want to take you that, that can't come with. Right? We need to leave some things go. Yeah. Take a little gauge. How thirsty am I? How hungry am I for the Lord, really? Am I more hungry for Him or for lunch? And you might say, I'm actually more hungry for lunch but we still get to make a choice. I mean, you know, you and I cannot just, can totally live our life according to our, our soulish and physical appetites, right? We can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. 
We've got to live by the structure and discipline of the Lord. How soft is our heart to Him? person who loves God obeys God and he doesn't have to fall on the floor to do that right he chooses to obey God and if the spirit of the Lord comes upon you with such a strong presence that you can't stand then you know sit down kneel down whatever it is And those outward things that happen are not a gauge of spirituality. They are an experience that that person needs or that maybe we need. I mean, don't resist him. Don't quench the Spirit's fire, right? That's not a good thing. Let him operate outside of your box, my box. So why don't you stand up? Revive us again, right? Scripture, revive us again. Awaken me more. Maybe I need to return to some things. Maybe I'm just stuck in my faith maybe you feel like God's got to operate within the bounds of what you see as your religion seek him don't gauge listen do not gauge what God does in someone else's life and how he does it don't gauge that to what God does in your life or how he does it he can do things differently he can do things the same don't get me wrong but we tend to operate by this is what I saw and therefore it's a method therefore that's what I have to do or what I want to have. He's the giver of gifts. Salvation, that's the same to all of us. We tried to treat our children, when it came to gift giving, we tried to treat them all the same. But they did not all get the same gifts. I was not going to give my son a doll. Now, if you do, that's your prerogative, and it's, it's okay. It's not like as a kid I never held a doll. I'll tell you this, I never held it in front of my father. He'd, he'd, have, had a, he'd have had a fit. That was my dad, is my dad. Brock got his own version. 
It was the G.I. Joe with military stuff. It was just different than the girls, but treated them the same. He loves all of you the same. And some gifts are for everybody, but some gifts are different than each other. Tried to treat all of our children the same, but the way that we expressed it was different. Right? He distributes the gifts as he sees fit. So the way he distributes, the way he treats us, there's a sameness, but there's also a uniqueness. So seek the Lord while he may be found. And that's not just this moment. It is this moment, but it's so much more as he gives us moments. So don't be compelled by guilt Do not be compelled by condemnation. Do not be compelled because you want to show something to somebody else and therefore now what we do is simply an outward act with nothing holy and whole and pure behind it. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.